Radio 3. Good morning. Now on Radio 3, Hong Kong Heritage with Anna Marie Evans. Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Later in the programme, I'll be heading to Chunking Mansions to chat with the manager of a Punjabi Indian restaurant that is my go-to favourite for masala tea, chole, chaat or just a samosa. There are plenty of sweets out at the moment too, so that's later in the programme. But first, it's off to the rehearsals of the Hong Kong players for this year's pantomime, which will be performed at the Shusan Theatre in Wan Chai. Pantomime can be traced back hundreds of years, but these days is very much continued in the UK, with a man who plays the dame and lots of audience participation, shouting, slapstick and laughter. I joined directors Terry Fitzel and Carly Cox to hear about this year's production of the pantomime Dick Whittington. Lady of the Rodents, leader of the pack. The original rat pack, obviously. <laughs> the big cheese, Ratus Ultimus. This is your first time as director, but you've been involved with the Hong Kong players for quite some time. For probably around 20 years, um, I started backstage. I was on stage actually first with the Hong Kong singers and then people were looking for backstage crew for a panto and I decided to get involved. There's something really exciting about being behind the scenes, finding out what life is like on the other side um, and how it all comes together. And uh, I find it interesting. I mean, 20 years is quite a long time. Is that? Would you say that you've been there that long, Terry? Nearly that long, yes, yeah. yes. I think once uh, once you've uh, got the bug and been dragged into this, you're there for life. You never get out. You never get out, no. You try. But <laughs> <laughs> and my children got involved very young, and, and one of them still is, so um, it becomes a family thing. Yeah. What's the attraction of a pantomime every year? It's just so much fun. Because it's a family show, it appeals across ages and obviously there's the uh, double entendres, the jokes for the kids and the songs, which we try and make as relevant as possible. Have you got a few Hong Kong jokes this year? We have, yes. I think Lama may feature, as usual, and possibly DB Plaza. What is actually the tradition behind a pantomime? It started with Commedia dell'arte, I believe, and with the um, exaggerated characters in that. And then in England, it became a particular thing with a, a dame and yes. a baddie and buttons, yeah. Yeah, because you have a lot of different gender doing different roles. Yeah, we do, yeah. But your dame is fourth time on? Fourth at least, possibly more, yes. It's Josh Blue, who's an excellent performer. I've just seen him wearing in his high heels. <laughs> yeah, he's been wearing them since the first day of rehearsals. I think he's beginning to like it. <laughs> Wait till you see his spectacular gold boots. <laughs> It's also quite fun because Josh is American and you really do get people from all backgrounds, all cultures come to join us. It is, it's not even British, it's a very English tradition. But I think in Hong Kong particularly, you can really mix everyone together and everyone can join in this really fun, fun experience. You've got also, I mean, I notice there's quite a few, well, school age who are also part of it. So you've got really all ages. Every year we do have a chorus that is made almost always of teenagers. They are usually the best dancers, it has to be said. We have such amazingly talented performers across the cast. But these teenagers come in, they come in from school, they have their long day at school and they really give it their all once they get here. Dick Whittington is a lesser-known pantomime. Yes, we've had to explain it to a lot of people. Well, I, I just remembered the Puss in Boots bit, so that's yes. a, a cat with large boots. Exactly, yes. and that, that's what it's sort of based around. The cat is Dick's sidekick, and uh, the bit that 
of Dick Whittington that everyone knows is Turnigan Dick Whittington, thrice Lord Mayor of London. Now, where's the pantomime taking place? It's at the Shusan Theatre at the Art Centre in Wan Chai. December 1st to 3rd and 7th to 10th. So, Dick Whittington, what is, I mean, it's, it's poor London. Um, can you give yeah, me the plot line? London, <laughs> London is downtrodden and in despair, a bit like real London at the moment, and the Rat Queen has decided this is a great time to take over because everyone's down and poor and starving and all that. So she and her Rat Pack are taking over London. And Dick, a country bumpkin, comes into the middle of this with Tom Cat, who's an amazing rat catcher. So they are going to try and vanquish the Rat Queen. En route, they will end up in Agrabah, which is where Aladdin comes from. I didn't know that till tonight. <laughs> Along with depressed London, a Rat Queen t- taking over, I presume there's plenty of opportunity for me to catch sweets and say he's behind you. Oh, it's a very, very interactive show, yes. There will be sweets throwing, there will be dancing, there will be singing along, there will be booing the baddies, there will be cheering the goodies, all the things you want to do in the first week of December and really set up for Christmas. You've got the lead role. I have. Hi, my name is Mon Limbaga. My pronouns are they, them, and I play Dick Whittington in the panto. <laughs> so was this your, is this your first panto? No, I was in the Jack and the Beanstalk panto two years ago as the harp. Before the Hong Kong players, mm-hmm. were you used to the whole panto tradition? I was born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, I had no idea what a panto was until, funnily enough, I did a project on it in high school, yeah. Uh, so that's how I got all my information on Panto, and then I found out that this stuff actually happens in Hong Kong, so I decided why not give it a try. Yeah, with the whole sort of tradition of uh, the sweets, yeah. the, the dame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you're not on stage? When I'm not on stage, I am a public speaking and drama teacher at oh, okay. Studio Starlet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So off stage, on stage. What yeah. do you get? What's the kind of, you know, when you're on stage, are you you? Do you become somebody else? Is there, is there a thrill to it? I think it's kind of an extension of me, usually when I'm on stage. It's more just like a version of myself that I'm a bit more... I hold back a bit when I'm off stage and when I'm on stage it's kind of like oh this is my moment to just explode and just be this new this whole different person and whoever I want to be. This is how many outings have you done as the dame? Uh, this will be my third panto as the dame. Um, the last one I stepped in with two weeks' notice. This one I've had longer. And then this is my sixth pantomime with the Hong Kong players. So, what is it about being the dame? Uh, it's very freeing. The dame is larger than life. The dame often breaks down that fourth wall in the theatre and gets to interact with the audience uh, and respond to the heckling. And she gives as good as she takes. <laughs> And is it all appropriate? It is all appropriate. 
Uh, there are two levels of humor in a pantomime, and so the perhaps the more adult humor goes over the heads of the kids, uh, but the kids love the dame because she's got big wigs and big clothes and costume changes, and she's quite silly. So you're Aunt Fanny? I am Aunt Fanny. I'm the aunt that Dick comes to find. I've lost my fortune. I'm working for the Baron, but Dick doesn't know that yet. What's the appeal of pantomime? I think it really connects with the kid at heart. Uh, I'm originally from the U.S. We don't have pantomime there. Uh, pantomime for us is white face and you're stuck in a box. But the whole concept of pantomime is... It's just fun. You get to interact with characters up on stage. And so often you go to the theater and you have to be prim and proper. And, but this is about being free and celebrating and the, bringing in the holidays and all of that. What are you doing when you're not doing panto? I'm the principal of the Japanese International School here in Hong Kong. Uh, I have a number of students and most of my staff coming to see me up on stage. I've been in Hong Kong for over 20 years uh, and worked in education for that amount of time. And so, yeah, I'm a principal of a school in five-inch pink heels. So does this help sort of release that tension at it the end of does. term? It does, it does. It's a good separation too. Like it's different from my day job and it gives me the chance to connect with a whole different group of people. Ter it's great to be working with Terry and Carly again. They, my very first pantomime back in 2005, uh, Terry was a mom. Uh, she, I mean, she still is a mom, um, but her son, Hamer, she was helping with all the fight scenes. He was like 10 or 12 or something. Um, and so it's great. You, re, you know, it's a separate family, right? And it's something different to do. So do you do, other than the pantomimes, do you actually do other forms of acting? I have done other kind of straight theatre kind of stuff. I did the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee with the Hong Kong Singers. I'm, I'm not quite the singer that everyone else is, uh, but I didn't have to sing in that role. And I've done other straight theatre stuff with the players as well. Are you a dancer? Uh, I can follow the dance if I got time to practice. Yes. In this pantomime, there's too many costume changes, so dancing is secondary. Are you going to take pantomime to America? <laughs> uh, I think we already have a really good... No. I'm not sure it would sell to American audiences. No offense to the, the Americans, but um, I think it's something quite special. Perhaps better suited for a, a British uh, population or at least an expat community um, who really gets it. Yeah, and also, I mean, I'm also interested with local Hong Kong community. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I think in some respects, yes. Uh, I know that for my school community, we have quite a diverse population being the Japanese International School. And so um, I explained pantomime in the newsletter to make sure that parents knew what they were getting into before they showed up. And I put a picture of me, one of the promo photos in the newsletter. I got no complaints, only very excited emails from parents about coming to see the show. So you've got t-shirt and shorts, but you're also wandering around in a high-heeled pair of pink heels. Um, now, where did you find those? Online. It's amazing <laughs> what you can find online. There are a few shops in the States where I found some shoes. Amazon's also been very helpful. Some of my wigs have come from New Orleans. There's a great little wig shop there that we discovered this summer. And I walked in and my six-year-old son and I tried on wigs uh, and it was great. Have you got any photos? Uh, I do have some photos, yes, yes, of both of us. He wanted an Elsa wig. Mine's a bit of a mermaid wig. Oh, fantastic. Because I've enjoyed seeing all the wardrobe here. And, and mm. uh, so, I mean, obviously your Dane clothes over the years will vary. 
Yes, absolutely. And the, the, the Dame character varies, although they generally follow a certain kind of trend and they're gaudy. A Dame's not pretty. We know the Dame is a man in a dress. Um, but depending on the Dame, some Dames play it a little bit more drag queeny and some play it like a bloke in a dress. Uh, and where are you on that spectrum? I'm probably maybe in the middle, but a little bit more towards the drag side of things. The last time I was the dame, I, I had people in the audience asked if I performed anywhere in Hong Kong. So and that's, could, I, I don't. So that it could be after the Japanese international could school. be, you know. You never know what lies ahead, right? Like, mm, I don't know. I don't know what my dame name or my drag name would be. But Aunt Fanny works pretty well. I am Hamish Campbell. I'm the stage combat coach for uh, this year's Panto. Uh, I grew up doing Panto for many, many years, but uh, my time to work on the other side, as it were. Now, it's, I've noticed, uh, looking around, I mean, some fantastic props. Mm -hmm. I won't say too much about the props. People <laughs> need to come and see the pantomime. But it's, it seems to have a steampunk kind of theme. Uh, yes. So this one, uh, Dick Whittington, it's a lesser known one, but uh, it's one that is set in London. And how do you make London cool? You make it steampunk. So yes, all the characters uh, have a steampunk aesthetic, especially the rats got quite a cool kind of grungy steampunk look, which is going to be amazing on stage. Yes. Now, Oh, I'm, I'm quite jealous of some of these props, actually. Yeah, yeah, no. They could have used a few more of them for Halloween. It would have been grand, but... Uh, now, you do, I mean, you do acting outside. I mean, it's interesting. I've been saying to other people, they have other jobs outside. The produce, the, the guy who's doing the producing, he's a vet outside. Yes. Uh, yeah. We've also got uh, people who... Um, well, the school principal. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, but you actually... This is this is your lifeblood. Uh, it is, but it is thanks to uh, Panto itself. Uh, like I said, I grew up doing this. I, uh, some of my first shows in Hong Kong were as a chorus member. And but... you, you dragged your parents into this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, it is my mum who is uh, directing this one. That's how you get into the production side. <laughs> Nepotism. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, that, that, that is what inspired me to take this up as a proper career after school because it was so much fun and you learned so much from doing it all the chorus this year have been fantastic and it's great to see how some of them have grown and really kind of taken on this big challenge because it is a big challenge to put on such a fantastic show uh and yeah i hope they learn from it just as much as i did are you a choreographer for the fight scenes, or are you...? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's uh, directing them in uh, in quite a few of the fights, because we've got, obviously, Tomcat, who is uh, a cat wandering into London, who has to take on the evil rats who have taken over the place. There's quite a few brawls that he gets to do, and quite a big bunch of fights between all the characters. So it's been, yeah, choreographing them uh, for these big brawls, for bits where we get to show just how how cool and badass Tomcat is. So, yeah. <laughs> but you've also got to ensure, I presume, that uh, there's no contact. Uh, yes, it is safety <laughs> first, but it's making it look good. Uh, but it's a thing where uh, one brilliant thing about Panto, because of course it is musical theatre, you've got to have the full triple threat. So it's been great working with everyone for the uh, not only what they're doing physically, but what they're doing you know, with their faces for these big, bra brutal brawls going <laughs> on and uh, what they're doing with the voices. One thing I think they've all enjoyed is uh, making the sound effects because, of course, we're not, uh, we don't do it all in post-production. <laughs> it's all live. Okay, uh, so yeah. do, do a sound for a punch. For that, that's simple. That's uh, when you're hitting your chest, you're making that sound. So it's that sort of noise when you're... Uh, making the contact and uh, it'll be various stomps and all sorts so oh yeah. clever stuff yeah yeah, yeah. 
adds a bit of drama. Absolutely, absolutely. And making it live, uh, hopefully we should be getting some ooh from the audience when it when they're hearing uh, the full contact. So, yeah. <laughs> now, what do you do? I mean, you work in schools outside, is it? Uh, yes, so do quite a lot of work working with uh, local schools and international schools, doing drama coaching and the like, but working with people of all ages. Do public speaking coaching as well uh, for law firms that, that in Hong Kong. Quite a lot to do here in the theatre scene. You do a bit of everything. So that's, uh, I mean, really, are you, uh, I mean, I know there's plenty of hard work behind it, but mm. are you really one of these people who's doing a, a job that they love? Oh, absolutely. Every single day of it. Again, I'm brought in professionally for this one to teach uh, people how to beat the snot out of each other. It's, who can ask for a better job than that? It's so much fun. And, uh, and yeah, just a brilliant one to get involved in. So this is an opportunity to have some real English London. I mean, is, when is it? When would it be about? So is it meant it's, to be about three hundred years ago? It's about Victorian. Oh, Victorian, not say. so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, our costume theme is sort of steampunk, which goes with that. Oh, nice. Because I mean, where we're actually doing the interview is um, we've squashed ourselves into sort of the wardrobe area, and uh, I won't uh, give too much away about the fantastic props you've got. But I've just been seeing outside. But all along here. We've got a variety of costumes. So do you just come up, come in here and sometimes just dress up? Maybe. <laughs> yes, there are years and years and years of costumes from all sorts of shows, not just pantos, but all of the Hong Kong players' shows. Plenty of sequins. So many sequins, so many feathers, so much glitter, so much gorgeous fabulousness. Um, <laughs> it really is a bit of a playground. Uh, but it's also great because we can reuse, of course, you know, trying to be mindful of, of waste always. There are things that we reuse, repurpose, and maybe just try on for kicks. <laughs> what about you, Terry? <laughs> no, I don't, never do any of that. No, no, no. I'll just say that for Hong Kong players' parties, this is usually the first stop. Oh, yeah. Come in here, get your costume, and then go to the party. Now, this is a bit of a family enterprise for you, Terry. It is. Um, yes, so I got dragged in in the first place because my children, Molly and Hamish, got cast when they were about 11. 10 and 11 and Hamish is this year doing the stage combat for us so we've been going a while doing panto. How long does it take you to bring a pantomime together? Rehearsal time is three months we start um, as soon as the school holidays are over basically as soon as we possibly can end of August beginning of September but writing it can begin in January once one is done the next one begins writing it and planning it and behind oh, so us you... we've got a whole committee. Oh, I see so you don't just Go along and get a, a pre-written Dick Whittington. Oh, no. No, no, no we no. don't. In fact, one of the writers is right here. Carly wrote it this year, along Hi. with Adam Fugill and Stevie Imry. So that was a very exciting, very stressful experience because the standard is always so, so high. And you're trying to match that. You're trying to find new jokes. You're trying to put something traditional, something familiar, but a, a fresh twist on everything. Make sure that your songs are there for a reason. Make sure that things lead into a dance for a reason. Engage your entire audience from the little toddlers who come in and just want to see the flashing lights and the swirling colours and the parents who are maybe a little bit hungover or just exhausted on a Sunday morning. A little bit for them as well. Just, you know, really make sure that every word matters, every word counts, and that everyone's just going to have a really good time when they see it. As well as the pantomime, Hong Kong players, do you do other productions throughout the year? Yes, we do. And in fact, I think early next year, we've got um, the second series of funny shorts coming up. Hey. Yeah, that went down very well earlier this year. Three short plays... <laughs> I mean, what I'm impressed by was I was I came in tonight thinking, oh, I'll ask, you know, is this your first one since COVID? But there was Robin Hood last year. You've never actually stopped. 
No, even at the height of COVID, um, we did a, a virtual panto. So, uh, so everybody, how did you practice for that? It was in the rehearsal space. Everyone was masked up and socially distanced. It was a much smaller cast. And then they had a very, very, very small audience come and watch it to film it. I think there were maybe 15 people in the audience, really spread out. We were also desperate to keep that panto spirit alive. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm talking with Carly Cox and Terry Fitzall here at the rehearsal space for the Hong Kong Players. Now, no pressure, you've done it for 20 years, but of course the Hong Kong Players, not under that name, go right back to the 1840s. Yes, and we're always aware of that pressure. There have been so many amazing, amazing performances, and it's great to be part of that, that heritage, part of that history. My thanks to the Hong Kong players there who are putting on the pantomime Dick Whittington at the Shuson Theatre in Wan Chai. Tickets are available from Pop Ticket for the shows in early December. Just a couple of other details. You can hire costumes from the Hong Kong players and also they're always on the lookout for cast members. So if you'd like to get on stage or assist with the production side. So that's Dick Whittington on at the Shuson Theatre. One of my favourite places in Hong Kong is Chunking Mansions, its sense of multiculturalism and the chance to chat with people from really all over the world, but particularly of African and South Asian origin. There's the outlets and also the food. My go-to food outlet is Samrat Pure Veg, which supplies Indian food, specifically Punjabi and Jain food, and has been a fixture at Chunking Mansions for a good couple of decades. I sat down with a masala tea and talked with the restaurant's manager, Prabhjial Singh. My name is Prabhjial Singh. I am from Punjab, India, the northern part of India. And we're known as Punjabis. We have like a big community in Hong Kong. And how long have you been in Hong Kong? Uh, almost uh, 29 years. Yes, you're just, uh, I think you come in 1994. Yeah. So you're just a year behind me. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, you came here in 1993. Yeah, yeah, so this is my 30th anniversary. So what made you come from India? Why, why, why Hong Kong? Did you have family here? Or? Uh, you know, I just finished graduation at that time. And like when you are graduate, everybody have a dream to do more, to study more. Like, uh, so that time, like uh, I finished my graduation. And for master's, I applied in uh, two universities. And uh, by fortune, I am in the waiting list. I not got the position. So I think like I got maybe start. I have some relatives here in Hong Kong. They say you can further do your career in Hong Kong. You can work here also and you study here also. And uh, in 1994, I joined here as a manager in their outlet. And was that also in Chungking? In Chungking, it's, yes. a, it's a, like a veg non way together, and, but I'm vegetarian. Yes. So I, I started a job as a manager and thinking to study a part-time. But in the initial time, you know, Hong Kong is a very busy place. <laughs> Compared to like in India, we are not uh, have a mindset or like to do work like uh, 12 hours or 10 hours. So when we, I come here, so... I not find I uh, fit fit in a Hong Kong culture. I go back after eight months, but in eight months. What you month, found it too hectic? Like a, too crowdy, oh. you know, and too busy. People don't have a time for each other. Ah, so where do you where do you come from in Punjab? Amritsar, uh, like uh, beautiful. Uh, and near the Amritsar, we have a, a, a town Majita. 
very popular and also known around the world. Like when you know about Amritsar, mostly people know about the Majita also. After eight months when I go back there, my friend, they are studying further or some are doing some jobs. And everybody say like, even you study further, you have to work. Mm-hmm. Why not now? So I'm like in a two boats here or there. So, and uh, they also, in Hong Kong, they also need me. They invite me back. So after two months, I came back here again. So what was your first degree? I'm a graduate in food technology. Oh, okay, so related. Related. So, like, that is mostly focused on, like, uh, manufacturing and pervasion. But uh, when I came here in Hong Kong, and uh, I, I see like this is a kind of management job I got it. But for management we have a, like a, in one semester we study about the management. But my major not in management. But when you start working you can learn from people, you yes. learn from your environment, you learn from your seniors. So I do by learning. <laughs> in Indian language, Samrat name means like the king. You know, if you call Samrat, that is the kingdom. So Samrat means a king, the ruler. So we were like in Indian language, we write Samrat, a king. But sometimes people say like people from the south, they say you need to put A in, in between this one. I said then they call Samrat. And the Samrat is like a kingdom, not a king. Okay. So we've managed to actually get a quiet time at Chunking Mountains. <laughs> yes. No, this one is a chickpea, a chole. Like it's a, like... Uh, all over India, it's used for the breakfast, like uh, with a puri or a batura. Oh, okay. So the puri uh, is the square one here. Uh, no, the round. Piece, this oh, one, round. round. Ah, the back. And also all different types of bread. It's, so you can use with the rice also. Yes. With with any kind of bread. But this is most, most popular. Chole. Chole. Chana Chole. Masala. Chole, yeah. And the second one is the mutter paneer. Cheese and uh, green peas. It's also very popular. Uh, mixed vegetables so and another one is a dal yes. beans like we do in a different style like in tadka I mean a little bit spicy and makhni like a rich creamy that one we call a makhni so that one dal makhni dal is the most wonderful comfort food i think yeah <laughs> like in every home like in the afternoon they cook vegetable and the evening they cook some beans like it traditionally this one also like a popular the bread stuffed with some potato and green peas uh, we called it a bread pakoda this is like a pakoda like a mix mixture like a spinach potato chili and onion in a chickpeas flour besan so that one also very popular this we do for hong kong people like a, a potato pakoda it's not very spicy <laughs> so for hong kong people do you sort of downgrade the, you, you take like, a little bit of spice out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly like uh, <laughs> we ask them, how, how do you want like uh, less spicy or uh, normal? And uh, mostly they say very less spicy. Yes. So do you think that Chunking Mansions actually provides an opportunity for people from different nations to communicate, learn about one another? Yeah, sure. I say like whenever you, when you open up yourself, talk to other people's you can learn you know sometimes we have some misunderstanding between each other some misconceptions so so to remove that things if you talk is much good so i'm just ordering my lunch so can you tell me what i'm getting 
you have a one gobi paratha it's like a similar like a pizza stuffed inside with a cauliflower and because you do other ones with potato don't you yeah, yeah other one is with the potato that is alu paratha and we give you like a two sauce one is a mint and yogurt and uh, some little bit salt and some indian herbs and the second one is a typical indian style chutney it's a similar like a ketchup but it's not from based from the tomato how do you make it it's like some sugar some chili some flour in it some sweet sweetener salt so all together make it like a chutney So there's no vegetable in there. Uh, no vegetable inside. Right. It's nice. like a sauce. Yes. Yes. Sweet sauce. Uh, And then tell me about the chaat that's also coming. Chaat. Samosa chaat is a very popular. Yes. And uh, like uh, is the ba- the base is samosa some with some chickpeas. And uh, so you chop up the samosa. chop up the samosa and then we put chickpeas on the top and then uh, some onion cucumber and some indian herbs like masala we called it and then yogurt with a little bit sweet yogurt and again on the top you can garnish with another things my thanks to prabhjal singh the manager at samrat pure veg on the ground floor of chunking mansions thanks for listening and join me next week on hong kong heritage <laughs>